Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. 97.1 FM Talk, Wiggins America. Thank you so much for being here this weekend. Now, this is a topic that I find hasn't been in the headlines as much recently, but I guarantee that it will because this is something that never quite goes away. It's always in the background. Sometimes it's in the foreground. Sometimes it is the issue that politicians are using to push agendas, and that is why I wanted to have Guy Mitchell on today. He's the author of Global Warming, the Great Deception. Guy, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, so when we jump into this here, the, the first thing that I want to take away, and this is just for me personally, anybody listening can do the same thing. Whenever I get into conversations about this topic with leftist friends of mine who I do have and I do speak to on a regular basis, this issue seems to be so in the forefront of their minds that they really believe and I'm, I'm asking you the question because I'm, I'm open to it. I don't really care what's true. I just want to know what's true. When they say this is the absolute most important issue facing humanity right now, what is your response to what's the one thing that a conservative or somebody who's maybe skeptical of the global warming agenda can come back and say, what about this? Well, I would begin at the basics and the basics to me is if 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 the premise is man has caused global warming which will adversely affect life on earth in the future i think the first thing one has to do is say okay let's look at the data and determine whether or not there's been global warming and the data clearly indicates uh with respect to the earth's biosphere, which is the lower troposphere of the atmosphere, the land mass and the oceans, that there's been no measurable warming at all. Uh, The temperature of the troposphere, which is measured by satellites that circumnavigate the globe and use microwave sounding technology, indicates a change of about uh, 0.03 centigrade per year. Uh, NOAA's Argo float program that measures changes in temperature of the world's oceans indicates about 0.002 degrees of centigrade a year since measurements began in 2000. I should I, I should add the measurements of the atmosphere began in 1979. Uh, lastly, NOAA measurements on the temperature of the landmass, the average surface temperature, 
indicate a two degree Fahrenheit change for the period 1880 through 2000 or 2020, and that's an increase of 0.014 degrees Fahrenheit a year. So the temperature database doesn't substantiate the claim that uh, global warming's occurred. So, when Guy, when you talk about these stats, you know, I hear them. I've probably heard them before. Many people listening have probably heard these statistics before. Are they significant enough? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what you're saying is that those those percentage increases are so small that they're really not significant at all, right? Yeah, they're de minimis. I mean, they're clearly within the margin measurement margin of error. If I give you a tape measure that's uh, graduated in, let's just say, 16th, 116th inch increments, and I me- ask you to measure the uh, width of your desk, you can, you may come up with one value. If I, If someone else measures it, they may come up with another value. But the point here is, is that in the case of the troposphere, for example, the first 20 years from 1979 to 1998 depicted a cooling every year, wow. a decrease in the temperature anomaly. And so, you know, not only are they insignificant, but the temperature record, the data varies. One cannot... I mean, there are cooling periods, several uh, decadal cooling periods in the in the Earth's quote average land surface temperature uh, throughout that 140-year period. So, <laughs> one can't draw, one can't infer any kind of trend from from any of these databases. We're talking with Guy Mitchell. He's author of Global Warming: The Great Deception. I love that we're just talking about raw numbers because ultimately that's what it is. Because whenever we talk about this issue, usually we're not talking about raw numbers. You're talking about, or you're talking about data sets that are so small that they push an agenda. You're always talking about agenda or a narrative. So let me ask you about that because we've all heard the same claim, and I hear this claim. I think you even address it in your book. You say. Uh, 97% of the world scientists believe the same thing, that the world is getting warmer. How can ni- And that's what, when you talk to friends, they say, how can 97% of the world scientists be wrong? That's right. Or the corollary would be, how can you know more than 97% of the world scientists? Yeah. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, if one goes to the, to the seminal uh, uh, report, for lack of a better phrase to describe it or, or word, uh, it was authored by a group of people who work for uh, a website called Skeptical Science, which is was founded by a fellow to debunk uh, opposition to the global warming hypothesis. And, and in their own report, they admit that when they sent a survey out to the, to the quote-unquote quote, uh, uh, you know, world scientists, only 32.6% of those that were surveyed responded. Fully 66% didn't even bother to respond to what should arguably be uh, termed as the most important issue in climate scientists, science in history. So it was a bogus. It, the, 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 the investigators had a bias. They, they construed the, their results and surprisingly published in a second survey, only 14% of the people that were surveyed responded. So uh, it it was absolutely fallacious. It it just was a misrepresentation 
of the data that they got. But President Obama jumped on it the next day and said, it's clear that 97% of the world's scientists believe man has caused global warming. And he even added the phrase, and it's dangerous. So that's the, that's the, that's the it, uh, seminal event that created this whole misconception that 97%. If you look at the, which I did, as you know in my book, if you look at all the world's scientific organized societies and many of the prominent universities, uh, they express, at best, um, you know, uncertainty. And in the case of the Chinese Academy of Sciences, they they were skeptical about man's causing global warming. And the Russians said that within the next 60 years, we'd have an increase in <laughs> in, in the Earth's average temperature of, of like, uh, I think it was 0. 0.6 degrees centigrade. So, so you're saying, no, Guy, that every time somebody references the 97% of scientists, they're referencing one group's study that was made popular by Barack Obama. Yeah, and it was not peer-reviewed, so it didn't undergo peer-review. And it, 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 if you read the study, and I quote the abstract in my book uh, and, and their report, uh, they... <laughs> They disprove the claim. They say that, you know, out of the, I think there were 8,547 reports or, or surveys that were issued, and only 32% of the people that were queried even responded. We're talking with, <laughs> right, we're talking with uh, Guy Mitchell right now. He's author of Global Warming, The Great Deception. Before we run out of time here, you know, you link, we link this to Barack Obama because he's clearly the, this really became a big issue in his term. And it's not, not that it didn't exist before that. But I remember just thinking, wow, this has become a central issue in the eight years of Barack Obama. And now we're into Joe Biden's uh, reign as supreme leader of the United States. Um, is this what's informing their decisions on energy? And is this what's kind of the bedrock for why they're doing what they're doing, which we're seeing the result of with gas prices now. Yeah, I mean, it clearly seems to be. If you look at some of the president's legislative proposals, which are uh, which are clearly influenced by, by the left wing of the Democrat Party and those that favor the Green New Deal, you see proposals to, for example, by 2030, to have a 100% carbon-free power grid in the United States. Well, in, two, in, in 2021, 60% of the electricity in the U.S. was generated by fossil fuel electric power plants. There's absolutely no way that you're going you're gonna to get to 100% carbon-free. Now, the strategy will be the, to, to require you electric utilities to buy uh, carbon offsets commonly referred to as carbon credit trading, where if I emit 100 tons of CO2, I buy a carbon credit offset of 100 tons, and therefore I can report that I'm carbon neutral. That doesn't reduce CO2 emissions, but it does enrich worldwide global investment firms that trade carbon credit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're all just collateral damage, and we just get to sit here and be collateral, collateral damage while we watch all this happen. Thank you and so Ryan, much. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I don't want to take too much time, but but it's even more important to that, and I think your listeners need to understand. The, the logical outgrowth of all this is that, number one, 
if the government artificially constrains fossil fuels, the price of of, of substitutes are going to go up. If you say you can't burn coal in a power plant, that means that the price of oil and natural gas is going to go up. Now, if you try to eliminate, eliminate those two, you really have a problem. But the other thing is, is to say that we want to have uh, alternative energy sources like wind and solar uh, essentially power the electric power grid in the United States in 10 or 15 years. Not only is that not possible, but if it were, we would have much more expensive, unreliable energy production in the United States, which could lead to rolling blackouts, uh, could lead to much higher energy prices. Our manufacturing sector wouldn't be as competitive because energy costs would be higher. It's a, It has far-reaching consequences, and it's not just uh, politicians meddling in something they don't understand. Yeah, yeah and we're seeing... We're seeing some of that. I, I hope that this is all we see, but I fear that it's not. Guy Mitchell, you are very, very knowledgeable on this topic, and thank you for your research, which is in the book Global Warming, The Great Deception. If people want to arm themselves with a lot of information on this topic, where do you recommend they get the book Global Warming, The Great Deception? It is on Amazon.com in both paperback form and ebook, and we should have, <laughs> if we can overcome the shortage of printing paper, hardcover copies within the next week or two. So it can be purchased on Amazon.com, Global Warming, The Great Deception, The Triumphs of Dollars in Politics Over Science, and Why All of Us Should Care. Guy, thank you so much for your time and your research on this book. Let's stay in touch, okay? Okay, thank you, Ron. More Wiggins America right around the corner. Only to find good. Get more at 971talk.com. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.